Environmentalists opposed to wind power, July 16, 2023. Climate extremists have a well-deserved reputation for a simplistic approach to solving the complex problem of curbing CO2 emissions without impoverishing us all. However, poorly informed objectives doesn't mean they have a coordinated approach. The growth in solar and wind power is setting environmental extremists against one another. Take New Jersey. A state whose politics have lurched expensively left in recent years, Governor Phil Murphy and the Democrat legislature are pursuing an ambitious plan to develop offshore wind power. Danish firm Orsted plans enough wind turbines to power a million New Jersey homes. The project was expected to cost $1.6 billion four years ago, but last week the company won approval from New Jersey to keep tax credits from the Inflation Reduction Act that were originally intended to benefit electricity customers. The bailout will surprise few, but New Jersey Democrats probably weren't expecting to face growing opposition to hundreds of offshore wind turbines from environmentalists. Nonetheless, Protect Our Coast New Jersey is showing rare intellectual deafness in opposing, in quotes, the industrialization of the oceans, close quotes, while also arguing in favor of efforts to reduce global greenhouse gases. They offer a coherent view that is uncommon among their peers. There are many arguments against wind power. It's not renewable because the turbines have a useful life of around 20 years. They're made of steel and concrete whose manufacturer relies on fossil fuels. The worn-out blades typically end up in special landfills. Wind is intermittent, although offshore wind produces power more reliably than onshore. Increased penetration of weather-dependent electricity on a grid raises the need for reliable backup often from natural gas power plants. Therefore, renewables raise prices, a wholly understandable result that advocates should embrace as worth the cost. Instead, they claim the opposite, ignoring the examples of Germany, which ranks among the world's priceless electricity, and California, which vies for this title and goes one better with unreliability to boot. Protect Our Coast New Jersey opposes offshore wind power because of the threat to wildlife, including whales. They cite the noise from construction, arguing that vibrations from driving 36-foot diameter steel piles 150 feet into the sea floor will radiate for miles. They argue that the nutrient-rich cold pool of water which sits near the surface will be disrupted by the turbine blades. The electromagnetic field from the high-voltage cables will disorient fish. They worry about nautical navigation around the turbines, leaking oil and other hazardous chemicals the increased cost of electricity, and the view. The wind turbines will be clearly visible from the beaches of the Jersey Shore. Britain relies heavily on offshore wind power. There are turbines in the English Channel. I've seen them when visiting friends who live on the southeast coast. They are visible, but I must confess that they look as far off as a passing cargo ship and are about as objectionable. However, The simulated photos of what the New Jersey offshore turbines will look like does portray them as more visible than the UK version. Protect Our Coast New Jersey goes on to list many more sensible power sources to reduce emissions. These include switching from coal to natural gas, greater use of nuclear power, and carbon capture. They sound as if they are subscribers to this blog. The point is that environmentalists are far from a homogenous group. There will always be a group opposing just about any construction. Unusually, Protect Our Coast New Jersey has a pragmatic outlook and offers sensible alternatives for the wind power they oppose. 
Mountain Valley Pipeline isn't the only energy infrastructure project to struggle with opposition from activists. In other news, Next Decade announced their long-awaited final investment decision to go ahead with their Rio Grande LNG export project, and the stock fell sharply. This was because Next Decade's share of the cash flows of Stage 1 turned out to be lower than their prior guidance, 20.8%, whereas investors were expecting around a third. This was disappointing, and the consequent sell-off, in our opinion, leaves the stock price just for Stage 1, trains 1 through 3, with no added value for Stage 2, trains 4 and 5. Next decade is guiding for much better economics on Stage 2, assuming it ultimately goes ahead. Although Stage 2 isn't reflected in the price, we think on a per-share basis it could be worth two to three times Stage 1. They also have Next Carbon Solutions, which is focused on helping industrial companies capture and store CO2. Some people at Next think there's as much value in this as in the LNG business, although the stock price ascribes no value to it. Next decade is a multi-year story. We still like the stock.